The evil of corruption reaches into every corner of the world. Corruption lies at the heart of the most urgent problems we face. Welcome to Confidential Brief, where Chad Thomas takes you into the stories behind the issues facing our society. Good afternoon. My name is Chad Thomas, and you're listening to Confidential Brief right here on High FM. We are still broadcasting live, although remotely, so I'd like to apologize for any potential technical glitches in advance. It's now 10 past 12 on this Monday, the 27th of July. With regards to COVID worldwide, we're looking at almost 16,300,000 cases with close on 650,000 deaths. In the United States alone, they're looking at about 4,300,000 cases of COVID. In South Africa, we have been rising steadily as a country with multiple infections yet one of the lowest mortality rates in the world. We shouldn't take this for granted, and I know that the most of you out there who are listening are taking every precaution necessary. In view of that, we have been broadcasting remotely, and we've had a skeleton staff at the studios maintaining our on-air presence, and for that we are exceptionally grateful. So for our studio engineers, our newsreaders, and those that are keeping the the airwaves alive with High FM, You have my absolute thanks, and I'm sure the thanks of our listeners. This whole COVID thing can be exceptionally overwhelming, and I just want to remind our listeners that we have a toll-free hotline, 0800-242436. That number again is 0800-242436. It's staffed by 22 counselors, and it's there specifically for you. Should you be feeling anxious, should you be feeling sad, should you be feeling depressed, anything as a result of COVID or any other factor that's contributed to your to your well-being. You must remember that this is a compassionate, caring, and confidential helpline that's been set up specifically for you. And what's unique about it is that you can also ask for a call-in service. So once you've made contact with our, our helpline, our helpline can phone and check in with you every day. And a lot of us are going through loneliness at the moment. It is difficult not seeing the, the normal people being able to sit down at restaurants. So I encourage you to make use of that helpline. I'm going to be chatting to Howard Griffiths today. He is an absolute veteran of the private investigation industry in South Africa and a leader. He's been in the game for more than four decades. So before we chat to Howard, we're going to take a quick ad break. I'd like to remind you the views expressed on the show are not necessarily those of High FM. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. Welcome back. Today I'm chatting to Howard Griffiths, who has been actively involved in the investigations world for over four decades. He's currently Managing Director of SSC Global Investigations, a company which was established as far back as 1962. Apart from both being involved in the private investigation industry, we're also both graduates of the South African Institute of Security. Uh, Howard was also the past chairman of the counting branch of the South African Security Association, where he sat on SARS's national Council. He's a member of the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners um, and is also the Managing Director of Meerkat Data Management. And we're going to be chatting about this a little bit later in the show because it's quite fascinating. It's an online security data capture and reporting system. It's a unique tool that enables the user to capture, store, and manage information online. All users are able to securely access the system and use it from any place on the planet. And an important matter we're going to be chatting about is something that was created many years ago by 
um, Howard, and that is Crime Stats South Africa. That's quite an impressive bio, Howard. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Chad. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, thanks for having me on the show. Howard, I saw in your bio that you started in this industry in the early 1980s, but the company dates back to 1962. How, how was the company founded? Okay, so the company started in 1962 and was originally a division of uh, Fidelity Guards. And the two doyens of the security industry back then um, in Fidelity Guards were um, Roy McFarlane and Archie Griffiths, who was my father. And um, the divisions, uh, Fidelity Guards, everyone knows what Fidelity Guards does, primarily um, um, armed response, guarding, uh, cash and transit and so on. But they had this specialized division, which was an investigations and consultancy division. Um, so in 1983-84, I joined the business with my father. Um, the, it was then bought out from Fidelity Guards and subsequently been in uh, the family really since then. Uh, my father passed on quite a few years back, but I've been running the business since then. Well, Archie Griffiths was a, a legend in our, in, our, in our industry, and I remember when Fidelity Guard's head office was still in um, Hilbra. I, I can't remember if they were still part of the Rennies group at that stage or if they had changed ownership, but they were above the, the Golden Egg restaurant across from High Point, and their, their armored division was based in Edith Cavell. And when one thinks of Hilbra today and one remembers those days thinking that such a um, huge organization was headquartered in, in Hilbra, it, it takes one back. Um, tell, tell me more about you. Obviously, following in the footsteps of your dad, you decided to get involved in investigations. But um, was it was it as a result of the fact that it was a family business, or did you feel the passion um, to become an investigator? I always say that um, it's almost through osmosis that I managed to get into this business. It's kind of ran in the, in my blood. Now, my father was a very interesting character, and for those of, of the, your listeners that may have had the pleasure of meeting him, he was a real character in the industry. And um, he started off with um, um, in the Second World War as a paratrooper, pathfinder, um, went on to fights uh, in um, Palestine and Java, and ended up in Kenya as head of counter-espionage for Kenya police. So um, I grew up, I was born in Kenya, and I grew up with him um, being head of counter-espionage for Kenya police. So like it or don't like it, um, he was a colonial policeman, but um, he had a very colorful um, uh, character about himself, and and. He was involved in many uh, high-level investigations in Kenya. And that's where Roy McFarlane and Archie met each other. And they're both from the UK and eventually came down to South Africa. I was schooled in South Africa and I just grew up with my father in the uh, security industry and the investigations industry. Um, I don't want to go too much into that, but um, I worked with him uh, for many years uh, in, in um, 
the company we call it SSC for short. Um, and I learned a lot from him. And so, yeah, I can say it was probably through osmosis in a way and my relationship with my father and his passion for this type of work. And, you know, some of the basic principles that I learned from him way back then still apply today. You can't move away from them. Obviously, the techniques and the way the world's changed, but the basic principles still remain the same. Well, that's incredible. It's both a, a tribute to your dad, and it also shows that nature and nurture played a huge role in you taking up the reins. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll be chatting to Howard Griffiths about the evolution of the private investigation the past four decades. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. I'm chatting to somebody who is himself a doyen in the industry, or he likes to refer to his dad as being a doyen in the, in the industry, the late Archie Griffiths. My guest today is Howard Griffiths, who has been at the helm of a company, SSD, for quite some time now. And my question before going to break is, how, in your opinion, Howard, has investigations changed over the last four decades in South Africa? Yeah, look, the industry back then uh, was very basic in some respects um, and has become incredibly sophisticated now. Um, what I had noticed back then is that private investigators, PIs, um, were pretty much hired by big business to do some of their uh, investigative work. Um, there was no real controls about how they did it and what they did. But what was interesting was that the auditing firms um, who were doing primarily uh, audit, audit, audit work um, latched on to the thing uh, now known as forensic auditing. And so your individual little companies and individual guys who were doing investigations way back then uh, were, were in some respects kind of squashed out of the industry and you had a far more professional uh, type of approach from the forensic auditing firms, part of the big uh, auditing firms. Um, what was interesting then was uh, because of the smaller guys being pushed out, um, the the bigger firms started to do a lot more um, uh, investigative firms, but they also weren't prepared to go uh, too deep into the type of investigations that a PI would do. So quite a lot of auditing firms will hire now um, uh, private investigators to assist them with their investigations. And so there have been fundamental changes there. But also, I think, big fundamental changes are now, because of the way things have changed with technology and so on, we start looking at things like open source intelligence investigations, social media intelligence investigations, uh, cybercrime, computer, cell phone forensics, and so on. None of those things existed 20, 30 years ago. So these are all new uh, skills that have uh, been acquired by specialists in, in the industry now. So I think there have been some huge changes when it comes to how investigations are done. 
I think as a, as a fellow private investigator, my greatest concern over the years has been the professionalism of the industry because there's a, there's a, there's a misconception out there about the role private investigators actually play. People are unaware that we are part of a regulated industry and they unaware of the fact that we provide a professional service. The perception is somebody who is spying perhaps on a cheating spouse or somebody that's evolved from working perhaps the club security scene into the debt collection scene into the investigation scene. And this is a, a misconception that has an influence on the way we conduct business, the way the public perceive us. What do you think has been done to change this perception? So in South Africa, um, although you have to be registered through private security industry regulatory authority, um, I don't think that there is enough being done to say that you're being a, a licensed private investigator. Um, so in a lot of international other countries around the world, you'll find that you have to get a special license. And we get a, a, just a standard uh, license uh, through CIRA, uh, as I mentioned earlier. I know that CIRA is looking into um, getting uh, licenses for investigators as well, and that shouldn't be too far away. And I think that will go a long way in, in giving some credibility to the security industry to the investigations industry. Um, one of the things that concerns me about uh, investigators is, one, is the reputation, and two, is how investigations are done. So if a lot of guys are going to be doing investigations, they're going to be stepping just over that line of, of legality. And I think it's a very dangerous place to, to be. Um, so, you know, getting things like bank accounts and cell phone records and all of that sort of stuff. I think people have got to be very, very careful who they hire to do that sort of thing. And, and, and if they hire anybody that does that sort of thing, they understand, they must understand the consequences that come with that if ever they get caught. So, um, if you're going to be an investigator, you've got to be a, a, a well-respected, respect, a well-respected investigator that stands on the right side of the law. There are legal processes that you can take um, if you need to get certain bits of information, but don't try and do it by breaking the law. I think those are very valid points, and they, they're exceptionally important. And when we, when we come back just now, I want to chat more about other organizations that private investigations um, can be members of that give them the credibility and more importantly, what people need to look out for when dealing with private investigators in South Africa. We're at the halfway mark of the show, so we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. You may be one of those listening to us live in Johannesburg on 101.9 FM, uh, or you may be one of the 15,000 expats that listen to us overseas via the FM app, which is available for free on all um, smartphones or via the FM website, which is com. What you may not know is that there are repeats of the show during the week. This is the live episode, of course. And uh, you can download podcasts of all our previous shows 
at chayfm.com. So if you found the show interesting, you're more than welcome to share it. The podcast is normally up within 24 hours. Today I'm chatting to somebody I would, I would regard as a, a current doyen in the private investigation industry in South Africa. He comes from a family business started by his dad, Archie Griffiths. I'm chatting to Howard Griffiths about his business and the evolution of private investigations over the years. And prior to going to the break, we were chatting about the regulatory requirements of having to register with CIRA as, as private investigators, but there are also other organizations. And we've chatted to the board of the ICFP on the show. We've chatted to the, C, the CEO of the ACFE in South Africa, and we've covered both their conferences extensively. But there are other organizations with an international footprint, and our guest today is a member of those. So I'd like to chat to you more about the Council of International Investigators and the World Association of Detectives and how that has aided him both in his learning as well as in giving more credibility to the industry that he is in. Over to you, sir. Okay, so um, those associations, um, there's three of them that I'm a member of, World Association of Detectives, um, IntelliNet, and the Council of International Investigators. Um, they are actually quite big uh, networking platforms with a big learning capacity, so you can learn a lot from uh, various different um, uh, webinars and so on. Particularly now with this lockdown, there have been a number of very, very good uh, learning capacities from them. So um, the Council of International Investigators, which I'm very fond of, is a, a relatively small organization, about 400, uh, just over 400 members worldwide. And um, I have attended many of their AGMs around the world. And what you do there is you build up a fantastic uh, network plat- networking platform and you get to meet some fantastic um, top quality investigators. This applies for world associations of detective, detectives and IntelliNet. But with respect to the CII, that's where I spend most of my time. Um, they have um, uh, an incredible array of investigators. So anybody that requires an investigator to do work Anywhere in the world, it's simply a phone call through the network, um, and to get um, to find out, an e- or even an email, and you can get within minutes, you'll get investigators from around the world who are able to assist you with this uh, investigation that you're working on. So um, I believe, from a networking platform, from a business platform, um, it's a very, very valuable tool. Um, I would encourage any uh, investigators in South Africa to join uh, these kinds of organizations. It does take a bit of, bit of work. Um, you have to um, play your role in the associations, um, give your time, and eventually you become known. And so now when it comes to doing work on the continent of Africa, I get inquiries from all over the world to do work in just about every country on the on the continent, and it's been very valuable to um, us as a business. And um, yeah, I can't recommend it better more. Uh, if you want to I- increase your capabilities as a business, I would I can't recommend it more um, than joining these types of associations. 
I think peer recognition is exceptionally important and being a member of these organizations is not easy. They check your bona fides, they do the necessary background checks, and it adds to the credibility and the professionalism of the industry. I see you are a graduate of the South African Institute of Security. I studied through Damn in 93, 94 while still in the military. It was one of the first security management diploma courses issued and was underwritten by the Institute. Um, how did your studies at the Institute come about? So, look, I mean, when it comes to training, I just want to point out that there's no um, academic college that provides a degree for um, uh, investigators. So what there is is certified um, uh, courses that you can do. So uh, the ACFE has certified courses that you can do. You can get certified and they'll test you and mark you and so on. But there are also other um, uh, organizations around the world like the Professional Certified Investigators, PCI, and others that I think, you know, if any, for any uh, young and aspiring uh, um, investigator who who maybe doesn't have the skills, because it takes, you know, an investigator is not necessarily um, uh, something that you have in your blood. It's not like a, a good mathematician or a good scientist or something. I personally believe that you have to have a very inquisitive mind and uh, a passion to get to the uh, solution to your to your problem. So, um, if any, if there's any aspiring uh, young investigators out there. Uh, my recommendation is that you start doing these courses. Do the uh, ACFE courses. Do the Professional Certified Investigators courses. Join these associations who will um, vet you very carefully. Um, you have to be certified. In South Africa's case, you have, you'd have to produce your serial certification. Um, and... You know, I would strongly recommend that, that uh, aspiring investigators, people that want to get into this business, uh, start there. Um, it's it's not an easy game. Chad, you've been in this game for a long time. It's not an easy game to build a reputation, and you've got to work really hard at it. So joining up uh, with reputable investigations companies like yourself, like myself, um, People that are, are aspiring investigators go into that, join up with other people, get the proper qualifications, join up with uh, proper associations. And, and by the way, these associations are also fantastic learning platforms. I don't actually think you can get better platforms. I've, did, I've done so many of these webinars recently because of these lockdowns with COVID that, um, you know, you think you know it all, and then suddenly somebody uh, is giving a webinar, and you think, I didn't know that. So, yeah, I think it's very important. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about CrimeStats SA and Meerkat Data Management and more about the Meerkat that forms part of your logo. We'll be back straight after this. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. My guest today is Howard Griffiths, who is the Managing Director of SSC Global Investigations, a company established in 1962. 
Um, two unique things about the organization is an online security data capture reporting system known as Meerkat, and then, of course, PrimeStats SA. Let's break both of those down, Howard. Okay, so Meerkat uh, Data Management um, came about um, because one of the divisions that we have in our organization is an undercover uh, division where we place undercover agents into primarily uh, blue-collar environments, and they would report information to us daily, actually. But sometimes those reports get, and the meaning of those reports gets completely lost if you don't capture it and have the ability to search information on the system itself. So we capture all our, our reports onto uh, Meerkat Data Management, and now it's moved, progressed into other areas as well, not just on undercover, but any any type of investigation. So it, it enables the customer um, who will get a, if it's an ongoing type of investigation, he'll get an on, he'll get a monthly report which will break down statistically uh, what we've been looking at. So you can see in a pie chart or in a flow chart uh, the type of information that we're supplying. But not only that, he has the ability to recall information. So um, if you want to punch in a name uh, and you can't remember which report it was, and you simply punch in the name and it will pull out all the incidences around that particular person's name. Um, or if you want to punch in a particular uh, incident type, a criminal or substance abuse or health and safety or anything like that, you simply punch those in and, and it pulls up that pulls up that information. It has the ability for the customer to recall information without having to search and often search something that's hidden away on their computer. Three months ago, they were looking, they had the report, but they can't find it now. So, um, and, it, and they, it's, it's an online uh, reporting system, so the customers simply have a username and password. They can log in and, and uh, get their report. From an undercover perspective, our agents' uh, reports are sent to them via this reporting portal. Uh, they log in. They can read their reports. Um, along with the report, they're able to um, make comments. So they might say, I don't understand what he's saying here, or, um, or could you give me more clarity on this? And that that's on the actual report whilst the client's logged in. And once he submits that, it comes back to us, and we're able to analyze that. Uh, information that he's given us, and we and we brief our agents properly. Um, so it's 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 not a highly complicated process, but it's very very effective, and it enables you to manage the information that you have properly without it being lost in the quagmire. If I could interject before you chat to us about the crime stats portal that you've created, I think that your meerkat system is incredible because the biggest problem within the private investigation industry. And I'm sure it's not just our industry, but it's communication. Clients will always complain that they're not being updated sufficiently, and they may not realize, but the investigators may not have current information to give them. But all they want is to know that something's happening on their case. And by having this online portal means that the client at any time can follow up and check the status of his case. Am I, am I reading it correctly by what you've said? 100% correct. In fact, this, this particular Meerkat um, uh, management system has been quite successful that quite a lot of other 
companies now use it. Um, so um, we have in companies that have in-house investigations department. Um, they would uh, get access to the Meerkat data management system under their own username and password so that nobody else can get in there. Um, so it's not just for us. It's, it's actually for other companies as well if they'd like to use the particular system. Well, it's an incredible tool, and it shows how you're moving with the times. Before we take our last break of the day, tell us a little bit more about CrimeStats SA. So CrimeStats SA came about, um, uh, must be about seven or eight years ago now, um, when the um, SAP started releasing their um, CrimeStats annually. Um, we never used to get them before then. Before then. But what I found was it was quite complicated to actually read those statistics, and you had to jump around um, uh, from place to place to try and get something meaningful. So what we've done is we've developed the crime. It's, these are the crime stats that are the official police crime statistics. And so what we've managed to do is to break it down per precinct. So on the website, if anyone wants to uh, get some information about uh where they live and what the crime stats are in their area. They simply go on their cell phone and it'll pull up the nearest precinct to where their cell phone is and it'll give the crime stats for that particular precinct. But um, it also you can also search for other precincts as well. So it's not just based on where you're, where you're located at that moment in time. You can search wherever you want to. And I think it's a very valuable tool. Um, I just look at the way things are, where we're heading in South Africa at the moment, and I think it is going to be, uh, we're going to go through quite a rough patch. And, and I, I'm just going to change a little bit on the, on, on the, from the crime stats because I think it's very important that people understand that crime is going to increase and we are with all this unemployment and as a result, primarily of, of the COVID-19 um, and the fallout from that, we are going to start seeing some pretty dramatic um, stuff happening. And I think uh, particularly uh, things like food rights and even possibly civil unrest coming our way. So please, guys, pay attention to the crime that's out there. Crime stats is one of those areas that will give you a good indication of of uh, the precinct in which you live and what the what the crime is like there. It's a great tool, and I think that if you're living in a specific area, you need to know more about your own crime stats. And if you intend moving to another area or your friends considering it, you can refer them to this. When we come back from the break, um, Howard will be giving you the the way that you can access this and the system involved and the website address. We'll be back straight after the last break of the day. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. We're almost at the end of our show today. I've been chatting to Howard Griffiths, who is a veteran of the private investigation industry. And often people ask, why do I chat to other private investigators on the show? And I think it's so very important to speak to professional, respected, and experienced private investigators because they fulfill such an important role in South Africa, especially at this critical time 
of fraud, corruption, and state capture, which has manifested itself absolutely everywhere. Um, in closing, Howard, we'd love to know more about how to get hold of you regarding the crime stats and how other companies can get, get, get in touch with you, either regarding investigations or the Meerkat system. Okay. Well, Chad, first of all, um, it's, it's really good to uh, collaborate with other well-known investigators uh, like yourself. So, um, and I do it all the time. And so um, I, th- I think that's um, not just to hold fire and stuff because, you know, there's guys out there that are really good at what they do and some guys are good at other things. So collaboration within the investigation environment is really important. Um, but from a from a, uh, a contact point of view, Crime Stats SA is very easy. Uh, you simply log on to uh, Google and you type in crimestatssa.com and you'll be able to get all the crime statistics that you're looking for around the country. Um, so it's a very straightforward uh, process. From an investigations point of view, um, if, you, if you're wanting to get hold of me, you can get hold of me uh, via my email address, which is uh, howard at sscinfo.co.za, and or on my telephone, which is uh, 082 In closing, Howard, any um, advice you would give in respect of how to further professionalize the industry in South Africa? You have a minute. Okay. So I think professionalizing the industry comes through something that we discussed a little bit earlier, which is about making sure that people have proper credentials. Clients must make sure that they're hiring people who are, number one, respected in the industry, uh, don't have a dubious background, and number two, are properly registered through CIRA. Very important. If anybody's hiring an investigator, they have to be properly registered. Um, and the other thing I think is really important is, is, if the, is to get properly qualified and become a member of not only local uh, institutions, but internet. And I think if you, if you follow those protocols, um, you're well on your way to becoming a successful uh, uh, investigations company. And work with the professionals and share your skills and let them share their skills with you. That's it. How would it be in it's been an honor. It's been a privilege. I love chatting to like-minded investigators, especially a well-respected and veteran such as yourself. I look forward to having you on air, um, hopefully when the new normal returns. Thank you very much, Chad. I appreciate the opportunity. You've been listening to Confidential Brief right here live on Chai FM 101.9 FN Johannesburg and streaming worldwide on com. I'll be back same time, same place. Next week, thank you to my guest, Howard Griffith, and thank you to all of you for joining in today and listening to our show.